On today's episode of the Final Third Podcast, we talk about a lot of pretty cool transfers happening. Wayne Rooney going to DC United out of the blue, as well as some of the women's international games, like the U.S. Women's National Team qualifying for the World Cup once again. Can they qualify for the Olympics? Well, you'll have to watch the CONCAT W Championship uh, for all of that. Talk about all that and more on today's episode. Leave a review if you guys like the show. Yeah, enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Final Third Podcast. My name is AJ Tabura. I'm a fan of West Ham United, Minnesota United, and the U.S. national teams. And I'm joined by a man who loves to pull some economic levers, Jack. Jack, how are you doing today? Uh, good. My, uh, my name is Jack, and I'm a fan of Minnesota United, Atalanta, Chelsea, French national teams and the U.S. national teams. Uh, lots of teams in there. And, of course, Minnesota Aurora, who went undefeated yes. in their inaugural season. Very cool. First playoff game is in two days. Uh, Do you know the run- opponents? I am going to look that up while you keep introducing the rest of the episode. Hold on. All right. Awesome. Yeah. So t- it is uh, currently Tuesday, which means it's our Tuesday or Monday, whenever we release it. News and predictions show where we talk about some of the biggest news and predictions uh, for upcoming games uh, and other on and off soccer news. Jack gave me a face. Who is the opponent? They're playing the Indy 11 women's team. So. Ooh, interesting. Okay, interesting. I, I, I like this. We're bringing back the uh, the Indy-Minnesota rivalry going on. I, I, I remember the days where they beat us 5-2 to two, uh, in their stadium, and it made me feel sad back <laughs> when Minnesota United was in the NASL with them. Cool. Well, we're the first seed, so hopefully we win that. That would be uh, great. Yeah. Uh, checks out on Twitter at Final Third Show or on FinalThirdShow.com for a one-stop shop for all things Final Third Show. Jack, we talk about, you know, a lot of different things. We talked about MLS, you know, friend of Minnesota United. We talked about women's soccer because we're fans of Minnesota Aurora. Jack, we're going on a very special trip that will combine both of those two, not those two teams, Right. But both men's and women's soccer. Jack, why don't you announce to the class? <laughs> to the class. Uh, yes. We are going to Chicago for wow. uh, the weekend of July 30th. So mm-hmm. at the end of the month to catch the double header, uh, which is Chicago Red Stars later at night and then Chicago Fire before, which I feel like is the correct order. You know, yeah. you want the, bi- the big name to end the night, uh, not bottom of the league Chicago Fire, but it'll be yeah. fun nonetheless because... I, I don't know about you, AJ, but I, I kind of like the Chicago Fire. It will be cool to see players like Jordan Shakiri, uh, yeah. Gaga Slonina, you know, that that will be cool to see. And is Augsburg still there? I, I hope so. I think he is, actually. Or did he did he leave this year? He he might still be there. <sighs> I want to see White Augsburg, former <laughs> Loon's legend. I, tur- I turned him into a beast in my FIFA 19 <laughs> playthrough Minnesota United career mode. So oh, heck yeah. I don't know. Him and Eric Miller holding down the back line. Wow. Yeah, I'm really excited. Hopefully um, it's a good game. Hopefully see some wins. I'm excited to get some, you know, Chicago style hot dogs, you know, deep dish pizza, which I know both of us are big fans of. I cannot wait. And, you know, we have some listeners from Chicago, Gianna being one of them. And hopefully we get to maybe meet up at the game. Uh, listeners who are of age, we are also of age, so you can definitely buy us a free beer there. 
uh, at least in the early game, because I'll yeah. also be driving. So yeah, whatever. So. <laughs> yeah, but I'm excited, uh, and I'm excited to talk about some more soccer, and hopefully, going back to Chicago. Uh, hopefully, we can actually maybe even record an episode while we're there, because we'll, we'll be, be there cool. over the weekend. So who knows what happens there? Uh, but Jack, we are talking about a lot of different things uh, related to the soccer world gonna talk a little bit about transfers and then you know talk a lot about the women's international games that are happening right now because the CONCACAF w championship which is still kind of a weird name in my opinion and uh, the women's 2022 euros are currently happening which means that there's a lot of crazy games happening some upsets some expected results but it should be fun but first we'll talk about our transfer hot or nots where we contextualize soccer transfers in a condensed version of a summary. We're basically saying, is this transfer a hot transfer or is it a not hot transfer? And Jack, as we did last time, I'm gamifying this and I'm putting 45 seconds on the clock for all but the first one because the first one's maybe a little bit of a bigger story. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about first, Jack. No time limit on this one. Wayne Rooney Going to DC United, he's retired, you know that, but he is going as a head coach. You know, DC United are in disarray. They, were, they had a 7-0 loss to Philly, which is the biggest shutout win uh, that a team experienced, Philadelphia Union, uh, in MLS's history. I think they tied the record, actually. And he was on an 18-month spell with Derby County in the championship in England, which saw them get relegated because they had a pretty big points penalty not much he can do 21 points deducted by the 21 way. points deducted hard to overcome that even though they honestly came close came close yeah uh he played for dc uh in 2018 to 2020 uh 23 goals in all for them uh jack is this transfer as a head coach hot or not kind of out of the blue yeah i mean it's it's a it's a pretty hot transfer you know wayne rooney can't get relegated if there's no relegation in the league so uh good for him right uh mm -hmm. but also it's great because dc united are getting a coach who you know like their former not former but former former head coach yeah. knows the organization very well and has been there a while or, or was there for a, a good amount of time so it, it'll be good to have like a player who was pretty important for them and brought them some important playoff uh I think he got a good playoff win over Toronto, was it, that they I believe so, took and down I, I know after he left, like 2020-2021, they've kind of been, not bottom feeders, but definitely out of the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. so it, it, could be, it could be good, and, uh, you know, having a pretty legendary player, uh, a, a decent manager, as we saw with Darby County, who was a, who's able to get some results, I think that'll translate well to, uh, to MLS, and, you know... Uh, having at least a manager who has experience you know not necessarily playing or like managing in mls but being in mls is important because yeah. we talk about that that you know a lot of people come over and they're like it's going to be easy not so uh so I, I think it's a pretty hot move and uh you know darby county couldn't really keep him so of course uh <laughs> good landing spot yeah uh yeah i completely agree uh on, on your bit about him knowing MLS I think a, a lot of foreign coaches come here not knowing that we have a very complicated roster construction system so the fact that he 
knows what a designated player is is probably a step up from, let's say, Atlanta United's coaches as of late. And so I, I think that's a pretty good move in that case. However, I am a little hesitant to say that this is a very hot move just because of the disarray that DC United's roster is in. There's a reason why they lost 7-0. to zero. It's not just because of bad coaching, but it's just a lot of these players are just not exactly MLS-level players. I mean, you have your uh, Julian Gressels, um, Ola Kamara's, and then, there. I mean, there's some other good players, obviously, right? Moses Nyman, who's injured right now, is a, a very good young American player that's there. Uh, Donovan Pines as well. Steven Birnbaum is cool. But outside of that, it's not a lot of quality players. So I think this is a low-risk move because I don't think anyone's going to hold Wayne Rooney's you know, level at DC United against him if it doesn't go well. I mean, Thierry Henry um, has managed to bounce back you know even if montreal was still an ongoing project for him uh but it's also high reward because we've seen that he can pull back a very struggling roster that did not have a lot of investment backing it and still do pretty well with darby county but at the end of the day i just don't think that this move is primed for success barring him putting this team on his back coaching wise and leading them to a respectable finish in the East. No strong tackles in, in uh, training, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we do, we do not need any of that. Half, I feel like half of their uh, midfield is already out, so who knows? Hopefully, hopefully none of that. <laughs> I, the thing I want to mention is, I think it's very surprising because his wife hated DC. Like DC. no. Yeah. And first of all, I don't know. Like, no offense to... I don't know where, where they were living before. I don't even know where Darby is. Is that a uh, middle? Somewhere in central England, I think. Yeah. I, I'd i probably take D. I mean, DC's. You know, it's, it's beautiful. It is it, very it, nice. It's beautiful. It actually has like pretty decent public transportation. It's a pretty international city. I, I don't know. Other than, you know, things that happen in, in the city. I think it's a pretty nice city. So I don't know. I don't know. But then again, when is Wayne Rooney respected his wife as of late anyways (laughs) let's stick with mls jack and let's let's do the 45 seconds from here on out just so we can get get these bangers out of here and so we can get you going to where jack needs to be going cheesecake factory yeah (laughs) Uh, starting with bernadeschi to toronto fc on a free transfer uh from juventus he's an italian winger uh, still only 28, so he's you know up there uh, near his prime. Eight goals uh, for his former team. Jack, free transfer, Bernadeschi. They had to transfer uh, Pozuelo to Inter Miami in order to make it work. Hot or not? Uh, I mean, it's a pretty hot transfer because, you know, he's in his prime and he could strike up a good partnership with, uh, with Insigne. Uh, a little, he hasn't been that good since he moved from uh, Fiorentina to Juventus, but maybe a move to MLS can help spark that up. I do, I do think it's a little bit colder for Toronto because getting rid of Pozuelo for, for this, Pozuelo is still doing pretty good when, uh, when they transferred him out. So I, I think it's like a medium, a medium heat, you know, it's approaching kind of a sizzle. It's not quite hot though. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree. I, I think that this is, for me, kind of 
a little warmer just because I think in a vacuum, this is a good move. I think uh, what he'll add to the attack is something that will is transformative, truly. Uh, but I do think in the grand scheme of things, this is not exactly where Toronto FC needs help. I think Toronto FC needs a lot more help in the defense, the back line. Yep. Like in the latest game against San Jose, they started uh, Italian left back, 35 year old Domenico Crisito. And on the other side, on the right side, 19 year old Kosi Thompson. So not exactly the highest of talent levels there. I think uh, who was the who was the guy that, that that they brought in? Uh, the defender was it Saucedo? I think I think that's right. I think that's right. If, if I got that wrong, I'm so sorry, Toronto FC fans. But he has not been doing well. Whoever they got, Saucedo, Salcedo, whatever. Uh, not has not been good at all. So Salcedo, yep, Salcedo. Right. Okay, got great. It. Got it the second time. So it's a cool attack. But man, is that defense not great. And I don't think that Brandeski is so good that he can, you know, paper up those cracks. So yeah. wait. And also real quick, adding this in Toronto got Mark Anthony K yesterday. Yeah. Mark. That's Anthony crazy. Is, is that a hot transfer? I think it's that's, a hot transfer. That's a pretty hot transfer. Yeah. Kay's a great player. Yeah. Uh, I, I was looking through their transfers to see uh, if it was Salcedo. And I saw that and I was like, that went under my radar. Uh, yeah. But that's fantastic. Yeah, so so in order to get K, uh, Toronto FC gave up Ralph Preso, around one million dollars in GAM, a 2023 international roster spot in Toronto FC's first round super draft pick. So quite no quite one the ever deal. uses a super draft. So yeah, that's 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 fine. That's true, but like a 2023 international roster spot for a, a team that uses a lot of international spots, and you know GAM GAM's GAM, man. I don't know. But K is a very, very good central midfielder, plays very well for Canada. And now he's home. Bob Bradley is pulling off all the stops to get a, a super team going. Uh, not getting the defense, though, which, oof. Uh, but another, another attacker, high-level attacker, might be moving to MLS, is Jesse Lingard, being linked to a multitude of MLS clubs. But I think mostly... Either Florida or LA. I think LA Galaxy are out, so it looks like LAFC are in the driver's seat for this. LAFC obviously have just signed uh, Chiellini as well as Gareth Bale. And now Jesse Lingard, former Manchester United player, uh, scored a lot of goals for United, as well as the better United, West Ham United, on his 19-game loan. Jack, Lingard to LAFC, is this hot or not? It could be pretty hot. It could. Uh, it depends. Like where I'm not sure exactly where he fits into to play for LAFC, right? Because Sifuentes has been really good. Uh, Acosta is pretty important in the midfield and Ilya Sanchez has been good. So I'm not quite sure where he fits in there. If they can figure out a way to guarantee him some playing time along with Gareth Bale and Chiellini, that will be a very good combo uh, with all of those players all pointing together, anchoring the defense and having some dynamic movement in the midfield and on the wing. It uh, could be a hot transfer. It's a little bit contingent on finding that room, though. So right. medium heat, I guess. All right. I think that this is a little cooler than maybe some other people say. Not that obviously I like Jesse Lingard because I'm a West Ham fan, and obviously I remember his time with us fondly. But he also wants to get paid like 
an exorbitant amount of like like 300k a week i i don't exactly know the the exact details but it's something a lot higher which will put him i think third overall uh for players in mls and so when you look at that i just don't really think that that's something that, that is worth it considering that he's a good player but it doesn't really add anything. You know, he wants, okay, 100 pounds a week or $6.25 million a year, which will put him behind just Insigne and Shakiri. But, like, what does this get him? Because, he, yes, he'll get paid. But it's not like, you know, if he wants to build his brand. No offense, but he's not that big of a player. Oh, what does this get MLS or LAFC, right? I, I feel like they can get a not a better player, because he's a very good player, but a player that can, or a, a conglomeration of players that can, get maybe the same output as him for cheaper is just as much i understand he has a big social media following but i don't think that really translates to off the field success the same way that bale having a lot of followers will so i am a little cooler on this one but jack we talked about suarez luis suarez potentially making a move to argentina to play in uh, the super league there but it might be that he's moving to an MLS club. I don't think that any MLS club has been actually named, even though I, I found an can... article that has like five per potential options, which uh, are kind of interesting. So okay. uh, they're saying New York Red Bulls, Montreal, LAFC, Montreal. RSL, and RSL. finally Minnesota United. Okay, well, I'll take him. I'll take him for sure. <laughs> I would do. Sure. I would take it. Well, Jack, for any of those, uh, clubs potentially getting him is that a hot or not transfer i mean it's a hot transfer because he's an amazing striker still uh he he still scored in a bad season he scored 11 goals for atletico madrid like a bad season that that's crazy the, those are still great numbers and thinking about how he scored that in a very good league you know score he he would still do well in mls per, uh and also, it would be funny to watch him face off against... I don't want him to go to LAFC because I feel like there's some tension there with uh, Chiellini. Uh, you know, I'm not sure if that's that's the right place for him to land, but, uh, you know, 2014 Uruguay, Italy. Bit of a problem there. So it, it's a pretty yeah. hot transfer. It would be a hot transfer if he came to MLS. I agree. Unlike Jesse Lingard, I think that he is a name that will actually add something to MLS if you just want name value. And also, unlike... Uh, Jesse Lingard, I think he does have something left in his tank. Not that Jesse Lingard doesn't, but his, his level of play is significantly higher than almost everybody in MLS, despite being, what, 35 years old? Is he 35, actually? I thought he was a little younger, but... <laughs> I, I might have just uh, completely disrespected Luis Suarez. He he is 35, never mind. Oh, my uh, I thought I thought the way he's moving, I thought he was like 31 or something, 32. <laughs> no, no, not at all. No, he's he's been around for quite a while. I remember back to those Liverpool days. But yeah, I, I still think that if nothing else, he, he brings value to a team that gets him. And if especially if you can get him like on a Tam style deal like Gareth Bale, it's a no brainer. Really, it is an absolute no brainer financially as well. All right, Jack, let's move on to the next one, which is Di Maria on how Di Maria you know, we, we thought that he'd maybe move to Barcelona, but he's instead going to Juve in Syria uh, on a free transfer. I mean, he, he's he's in the, the, the top, top uh, expected goals, expected assist metrics 
in the top five leagues. Obviously had an amazing time uh, with PSG, netting 57 goals over the seven seasons that he was a winger for them. Uh, he is getting up there, 34 years old, but he's joining Juve now, Jack. Is this transfer hot or not? I think this is a pretty hot transfer. I'm, a, I'm actually a pretty big fan of Angel Di Maria. I yeah, think me too, he's me too. a good player. Kind of gets disrespected a lot. Uh, when, you know, he he was the, the reason Argentina won the Copa America final. He scored that really good goal against Brazil. Uh, I I think he's a great player. He's still got a lot left in him. Five goals, seven assists, and only 19 starts for PSG. Those are solid numbers. And I think going to a team like Juve, where he might have some more time to shine, that could be that could be a good place for him to fit in. And also, it means he'll have gone to four out of the five major European leagues, yeah, and five sure. out of the six if you count Portugal as the sixth one. So, uh, pretty interesting there. Just yeah. journeying his way through. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, except for Manchester United, I think he, he's played great. For At every most single of those teams, team. Real Madrid, PSG, maybe now Juve. Even Man uh, U, I think he got disrespected a little bit. Three goals and ten assists in twenty starts. Yeah, that's not that's not terrible. Getting, it just was wasn't getting, good for Manchester United at the time. Yeah, yeah. I I, th- I think this is going to be a great transfer. Uh, the only thing is that I I wouldn't expect him to start every game. Not that he needs to. I I think w- when Barcelona's potential deal for him came out, I was like, this is a good deal because he's a veteran presence. He's very very good. On his day, he's still like a top 50 attacker in the world. And so I think he adds a lot to this team off the bench even or starting the occasional game. And when you look at the trio of attackers that Juventus can be trotting out, Chiesa, Vlahovic, Di Maria, that is classic. Vlahovic will be eating when you have someone that is creative as Di Maria to your right. So I think that this is going to be a very, very hot move. And spoiler alert, I also think that the next transfer is hot. I mentioned him like two weeks ago, but Sinistera, I said PSV, from Feyenoord moving to Leeds United for upwards of 25 million pounds, which is close to their transfer record fee, I think. So he is a, a Colombian winger from the Eredivisie moving on to the Premier League. 23 years old, Jack I know you might not know too much about him, uh, but do you think off the dome, is this transfer hot or not? This is, seems like a pretty hot transfer, you know? Uh, Leeds have pretty much said, admitted, like, yeah, we're going to lose Rafinha this summer, uh, and this would be a great replacement for him. Uh, he was, according to FootMob, the second best player in the Eredivisie last season, just behind Dusan Tadic. And I, I think I think he would make a great addition to Leeds. I think I think that they that, you know, they do pretty he'd do pretty well there. I, I, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't work well. Twelve goals, seven assists in 29 starts. Those are good numbers. And he's young, could play well with Aronson and Bamford if he gets fit. So, yeah, I, I like that front three. Yeah. I, I really, really like what Leeds is building. They got a young team. Obviously, they brought in Americans, Aronson, and now Tyler Adams is official. And so this is going to be a really fun team. And this is me officially putting in my Sinistera stock. I hope it doesn't crash and burn like a Bitcoin or whatever, because I'm really high on this guy. He scored a lot of goals, uh, good, good quality uh, on the wing or wherever you want to put him. He, he always destroys me in 
football manager. So I think it's a hot transfer. Jack, I'm just going to give this to you. This is Frankie DeYoung to Chelsea FC. Uh, is, this a, is this a move uh, from Barcelona to get Manchester United to pay more? Is this actual uh, interest from uh, Chelsea FC? Barcelona, the Dutch midfielder, very, very talented. Jack, are you excited? Is this hot or not? Uh, if it happens, I'll be very excited. I like it. <laughs> I like it a lot um, because uh, here, here's the thing. Uh, Frankie Dion is great. And Chelsea, you know, Chelsea have something that uh, Barcelona want. Two things that Barcelona want. Actually, three. They have Marcus Alonso, Azpilicueta, and Cash. Uh, and Barca need all of those things, apparently. So yes. that's apparently what this is. And Chelsea of Champions League, which is apparently helping make a case to Frankie Dion. The thing that could hold it back, 17 million in deferred wages Barcelona owe him. Yes. Uh, and he wants that paid back before he leaves, which, I mean, fair. Uh, so if it happens, it would be a very hot transfer. He would become, he, he would probably start a lot of games for Chelsea. I would like it a lot. But uh, it's a little risky because losing Azpilicueta kind of sucks. So, but I'm, I still think it's a pretty hot transfer for that. Yeah. I know I went over 45 seconds there, but. Yeah, you're, you're at 59 right now. Yeah. That's okay. That's okay. It's Chelsea. Yeah. Uh, we understand. We understand. I personally think that this is a hot transfer just because, you know, we, we talked about maybe needing to move on from the likes of Jorginho, uh, Kovacic eventually, uh, Conte eventually. And I think this is a great young player who can play in that double pivot for Chelsea for years and years to come. That being said, it does look like United is closing in. A, a tier two journalist has just confirmed that they have a, had an agreement. Whether or not Frankie de Jong wants to sign that contract isn't another story. But as it stands right now, uh, who knows? Who knows? Uh, but I think that, you know, Chelsea needs to sign something. And I... I Think Barcelona? Well, yeah, you do. They have you, signed someone. Raheem Sterling is official. That 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 is true. That's true. I mean, there are a lot of official transfers that we haven't even mentioned. Pogba is official as, as well. Raheem Sterling is official. Uh, but yeah, Barcelona need to sell somebody and make an, a transfer official. In that case, I'm ex I'm sure we'll talk about that in the future. Uh, just as we'll talk about uh, another player, maybe going to Manchester United, Lisandro Martinez. You know, center back for uh, Ajax currently uh, Argentinian I mean I, I think United can always use uh, some defensive <laughs> defensive <laughs> backups and he is definitely a very talented center back uh, not only can he be very good uh, attacker create some things was in the first or 99th percentile for shot creating actions for center backs which means that you know you know, a ball playing center back, always good. But you can also progress the balls uh, in a way that can actually start the attack from the back line, which I think Manchester United uh, under Eric Ten Hag might be going for. So, Jack, the 24-year-old, Lissandra Martinez, hot or not? I think it would be a pretty hot transfer. It's a bit of a steep price tag. Uh, apparently, Ajax won about $55 million at least, not including add-ons which is, uh, you know, a pretty a pretty big bid. But given that Manchester United play, paid $80 million for Harry Maguire, uh, that seems like a steal. So I'm going to say it's a pretty hot transfer. Uh, reuniting with Eric Ten Hag, 
He's been great in the Eredivisie. We'll see. We'll see how well that transfers over to MLS. Uh, but I mean, he played for Ajax in the Champions League, so it's got to be at least something good. So I, yeah. I think it's a pretty hot transfer. All right. Awesome. Yeah, I, I think I'm obviously a, a pretty big fan of Ajax. I think that he has been great. Do Manchester United need some midfield backups now? Yes, of course, especially with Pogba gone. But after, you know, Maguire, Veron was okay. But I, I definitely think they need a, a good center back to push the envelope a little bit more. Maguire, by the way, staying on as captain for Manchester United, which I, I hey, hey, you know what? There's been a lot of players who aren't great, but their leadership reigns through. Mark Noble was one of them. Maguire Maguire is not one of those. He's not a good leader. I don't I, I don't I'm not in the locker room. I don't think he's a good leader. Uh, we've seen like kind of public spats between him and Ronaldo on the pitch. There's been it's come out that he and Ronaldo have agreed and Maguire, you know, being captain last year kind of put a rift in the locker room right at the start of the season. So I don't know. I don't know. Ronaldo, it's another story that uh is definitely ongoing, but we're not talking about that, Jack. We're instead talking about another player. Uh, instead of uh, a player moving from Ajax to the Premier League, uh, it's the Premier League to Ajax. Steven Bergwijn, is that how you pronounce Bergvine. it? I'm, what? Bergwijn. Bergwijn? I that believe. Is not, that, that is not how Bergvine? a lot of Americans Bergvine, have been pronouncing. Maybe? Bergwijn? Bergwijn. I, that, that's kind of how I've been saying. But regardless, uh, Steven Bergwijn is moving to Ajax uh, from Tottenham Hotspur uh, apparently the forward has signed until 2027 and you know pretty okay numbers when you look at the underlying numbers not just looking at just the goals and assists uh, 0.49 uh, non-penalty expected goals per 90 not bad not bad of course that actually hasn't translated into much only seven goals uh, from 60 matches and 25 starts for Tottenham in the past three seasons so Jack, you know, still pretty young, 24 years old, hot or not. This is a hot transfer because the place where he played best was in the Eredivisie with PSV Eindhoven. Absolutely. He was producing great numbers there. You know, uh, what it, I think he had 29 goals in four seasons with yeah. PSV. Was uh, a pretty big part of them winning the league in Mm-hmm. 27 uh, 18 18 yeah. i think i think 2018 yeah so okay i think going back to the air divisi he he can be a good player he has good pace can be tricky but i think air divisi is kind of like his his it feels bad to say but his level i guess like that's where he shines it mm-hmm. whatever it is it allows him to shine and and maybe he'll be back in the premier league eventually but yeah i think this is a good move for him for sure for sure I'm I'm excited to see how he does. Obviously, uh, Ajax have sold Sebastian Allaire to Dortmund, so they're needing a, a good quality uh, player on their forward line. So I think that this is going to be a very, very good move for them. And hey, Ajax has turned uh, Allaire into a pretty mediocre Premier League player into a very, very good player now moving to the Bundesliga. So who's to say that this doesn't happen again? You know. Lastly, let's talk about Luca Della Torre, U.S. Men's National Team player. Moving to Celta, uh, Celta de Vigo. Celta Vigo? Celta Vigo. No, no yeah. duh. There's yeah, a duh no, in Luca Della Torre, but... Yes, exactly, exactly. 
Uh, Tyler Adams uh, made an official uh, move uh, to Leeds United, and another midfielder is doing the same, Luke Del Torre, uh, part of the relegated Heracles squad in the Eredivisie, uh, moving for only $2 million, apparently, to Celta Vigo in La Liga. Jack, this silky smooth midfielder moving to Celta Vigo, is this hot or not? I mean, that's a steal, isn't it? Two million. It is, it is. Two million for him. We've seen him play live. And he that seeing him play live convinced me on his talent, and he's now one of my favorite players to watch in midfield. Should have been before that, by it the should, way. It, I, I just didn't watch the Eredivisie before that. But then I, I couldn't stop watching the Eredivisie after that. Uh, so I, I, I'm excited to see him get some playing time. Celta Vigo, they keep a lot of possession, but they don't make a lot of passes with it. So they, they kind of had a lot of meaningless possession. And I think Luca Della Torre can be that driving force along with... Uh, can't remember who else they recently brought in. Uh, Oscar Rodriguez from Sevilla. I feel like those two together, both 24 to 25, driving mm-hmm. forward can push Celta Vigo to a much higher finish than the 11th place last season. All right. Yeah. I, I think Luca Del Torre. Oh, so a uh, hot obvious- transfer, by the way. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I didn't actually I mean, say yeah. that. Yeah. I, I feel like we're all, we're all going to say that. I also think it's a hot transfer, obviously. And speaking very selfishly in the U.S. men's national team view of this and also Luke Del Torre, I think it's hot for him just because I feel like La Liga, unlike maybe Serie A or Premier League, it's not uh, just about athleticism or physicality, but really about like technical skill and who is better at being a very good technical midfielder than Luca Del Torre. So the fact that he's here and and will have to hone those skills you know, to strengthen his strengths even more is a huge, huge bonus for the U.S. men's national team. So I think it's very hot. Two million dollars is a crazy steal. He he could have gone to any other of the big five leagues, so I'm glad he's at Celta Vigo, where I'm sure he'll start. All right, Jack, let's move on to some women's international news before we uh, end this episode. Talking first about the CONCACAF W Championship. As everyone knows, this is the qualifier for not just the World Cup, but the Olympics, you have to either win the tournament and be either second or third, and the second and third place teams will face off to see who goes to the Olympics. That's how you get to the Olympics. And then top two of each group get automatic qualifications to the World Cup. The United States Women's National Team has done that. Uh, they beat Haiti 3-0, to zero, maybe not the most uh, out great offensive displays from a Haiti team that they have historically always beaten by at least four goals. Uh, but they also beat Jamaica 5-0, to zero, a bit better. And after we finish recording, USA will face off with Mexico, who did not have a great no great tournament at all. They can Zero only points qualify. and zero goals. Yep, zero points, zero goals. They were the hosts, and now the furthest they can go is to qualify for the World Cup Interconfederation playoffs, but that means that they'll have to beat the USA by a lot of goals, and hopefully Jamaica and Haiti just blow out the other team and help them. Is it so. based off of goal differential, or is it based off of, you know, uh, head-to-head record? Because if it's on head-to-head, they're, they're it, done. It is, it is a goals difference. It is. Okay, so they do have a chance, but... They have a chance. That if Haiti really and Jamaica think- draw... It's over. Their their fate isn't in their own hands. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is after well, Mexico's <laughs> performances with the men's team and the youth team. Uh, the Mexican Federation not looking great right now. It's, it's looking terrible right now. And 
uh, I saw a lot of Mexican fans online saying that they need like like a reboot, like what you know uh, Germany went through after 2000 or whatever, you know, DOS reboot, right? Mm-hmm. Like from the top down, something has to change with Mexico because they missed out on the 20 World Cup, the Women's World Cup, Women's Olympics, uh, did not win the the uh, the octagonal uh, World Cup qualification for the men's side, which is that was something that they are usually expected to do. No Gold Cup, no Nations League. Their their league got rid of uh, promotion and relegation and is not exporting players. It's not great. It's not great. Uh, but it is great for uh, United States and one of Haiti and Jamaica, who will be one of the automatic qualifiers. I was pretty impressed by Haiti, all things considered. On the other side of the bracket, Canada and Costa Rica have automatically qualified uh, to the Women's World Cup. And Panama... Uh, and Trinidad Tobago with zero points. I think they'll be playing. Yeah, they'll be playing each other. So whoever wins that will go to the Interconfederation playoffs. But as it currently stands, the U.S. will face the the runners up of Group B, saving a a crazy, crazy disaster uh, against Mexico, uh, which will, if I had to guess, will be Costa Rica, which can potentially set us up for a final with the second strongest. Uh, or first strongest, however you want to say, a team in this tournament, Canada in the finals for a, a spot, automatic spot to the Olympics. Uh, but Jack, I've droned on enough. How do you feel about this U.S. women's national team qualifying for the World Cup? I mean, we, we've been pretty dominant throughout it. You know, Alex Morgan chipped in with a brace against Haiti uh, and against Jamaica. Sophia Smith got a brace as well. Like, we're... This team is looking a lot better than they did at the olympics i think that i I, th- I think that's very good uh the if we do end up facing off against canada that'll be the big test i think the big test uh to see if we've actually improved since then but from the looks of it it does look like you know bringing in younger players which has has started to happen has worked out pretty well you know, Trinity Rodman got a uh, got a goal in in, uh, in the game against Jamaica. So we're we're uh, integrating one of a really bright young talent into the team. Well, uh, and now we've I mean, we don't even have to beat Mexico necessarily to qualify. So, I mean, uh, I I think that yeah. we're, we're 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 in a really good place. And I I, I think that. I think that we can win the whole CONCACAF Women's Championship. I think we can do that, uh, which would be awesome because then at every single level uh, of, of the game, the U.S. was dominating, except, I guess, World Cup qualifying, but, yeah. you know, still qualified, which is an improvement from, from the last cycle. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I am very excited about this team. Uh, there, there have been some notes that uh, when I was watching these games where I was like, it's not as dominant as maybe we should be given our talent level. I think especially against Haiti in that first match, a lot of the attacks were kind of disjointed, a lot of crossing, a lot of no, no like coherent game plan uh, to unlock, you know, you know, seriously, our uh, great and technical players. I think we are superior to almost every single team in the CONCACAF region in terms of technical ability. I mean, you look at, you know, Rose Lavelle, Sophia Smith, who I think has been absolutely amazing this tournament so far. 
uh, Mallory Pugh, Lindsay Horan, uh, uh, you know, all these players. Ashley Sanchez, can't believe I, for- I forgot her. She should be uh, maybe integrated a little bit more. I-, I-, I think a lot of these players should just get the chance to shine. And, you know, the attack in the first game was a far cry from that. In the second game against Jamaica, obviously the scoreline reflects it. We were a little bit more improved and it seems like the flow of the game seemed to be a little bit better Sophia uh, Smith uh, played very very well uh, there I think that overall I'm happy with what's going on obviously I feel like once you're winning by like more than two goals if you're if you're really like oh this wasn't good enough it gets a little nitpicky and so I'm not going to be like, oh, well, they should have started this player over this player, even though I do think that the young players should get a, a pretty big uh, run out. But at the same time, like, I, I feel like given how, like all these really talented young uh, NWSL players, I feel like this is just like 75% of the US women's national team's power. I think that... Uh, Trinity Rodman, very good. Still probably behind uh, Alex Morgan uh, for the nine spot. Maybe behind uh, the other wingers. But if she can get going and like really grow into her own player, by the time we get to the Olympics, by the time we get to the World Cup, I think we can really assert our dominance on the world stage in a way that we didn't get in the Olympics. So I'm very happy about this. Of course, that requires us getting to the Olympics so I agree with you, Jack. I think that it's going to be hopefully us in the final. Uh, do, do you think it's going to be Canada uh, in the in the final or uh, who's a, a Haiti or Jamaica? I, I think it will probably be Canada. I mean, they're already beating Costa Rica uh, 24 minutes in. Jesse Fleming uh, scored in the for in the in the fifth minute. So some Chelsea awesome. representation, more Chelsea propaganda. We love okay. to hear. Okay, all right, that's enough. That's enough for you. <laughs> uh, well, I like. I, I think Canada's good. They only beat Panama by one to zero uh, on the eighth. I don't exactly know what that was all about. Uh, if that was just a rotated lineup, perhaps, or just them not being able to break down Panama. I mean, obviously they beat Trinidad and Tobago six to zero, but that's yeah. Trinidad and Tobago. I don't know. They, they got the win, and that's what matters for them, isn't it? They, I mean, they did get the win, but I feel like once you get one to zero, maybe you can be a little bit more nitpicky. But regardless, U- USA are in the World Cup again. Hopefully, we can, you know, retain our World Cup title and be awesome. Be awesome. So uh, we'll talk about this more as it goes on. We didn't have enough time to talk about the UEFA Women's Euros. Well, let's let's quick go through a, a yeah, few sure. things. About I, it. Go ahead. Yeah. So first of all, we we joked about England not looking good against Austria. They heard it and they beat Norway eight to zero, which had a contender for golden boot on the team. Uh, but, you know, uh, they really showed us. Uh, Beth Mead really shown in that one. Arsenal women's player, three goals and an assist. Uh, more Chelsea propaganda with Fran Kirby getting two okay. assists in that. Wow. <laughs> uh, Ellen White and uh Laura and Lauren Hemp, both from Manchester City women, also played big parts in that. White with two goals, Hemp with a goal and assist. I I don't know what happened, but Norway was not looking good in that game. And I I I said it in a, in the preview. It might be coming home for England. 
it might be. Uh, I'm also going to shout out France because they beat Italy five to one. Uh, really good stuff there. Grace Gayoro with a hat trick in the first half. That's impressive. Uh, Italy were not looking good. France are definitely a strong contender. Portugal came back from two goals down to draw against Switzerland. Uh, Portugal are looking, I mean, they're, they're looking good. The Netherlands surprise, uh, surprise, not such a surprise. Uh, actually, It's two of the best teams in the, in the competition, Netherlands and Sweden drew one to one, very even match. Uh, but you know, I, there, there was a lot of shots taken, but expected goals 0.95 to 1.02. So about deserved for both teams. So, uh, those two, yes, the Portugal versus Switzerland draw was impressive, but I have a feeling both of those two teams are going to wait, are going to be the two that move on from this group. Yes, yes, yes. I'm very excited to see how the rest of the group stage, uh, wraps up. I think I'm trying to see. Yeah, it goes up until the 18th. So Jack, I, I think like potentially for, um, uh, a Thursday deep dive or, yeah, a Thursday deep dive, we talk about the games that have happened thus far because by the time that comes around, uh, the quarterfinals will be done. We'll be talking about the semifinals and, uh, you know, about halfway through the Euro tournament as a whole. So I, I think it's a very exciting tournament. Uh, I've been watching uh, while I work or listening, rather, usually. Um, if my bosses are listening, I'm sorry. I'm, li- I'm listening. I'm, li- I'm doing my work. I'm just listening to the games. Uh, we'll definitely it's go. no different than listening to music. Let's be real. Yes, that that's true. That's true. And I don't have to skip any songs. So really, I'm. I'm You're not being more efficient, if anything. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, so very excited to watch both these tournaments because I love international tournaments. Jack, I know you do as well. Jack, let's get you to Cheesecake Factory yeah. to eat some cheesecake or whatever else is on their thirty-page menu. Yep. Uh, Jack, why don't you tell the listeners where they can. Find more of our takes on the Euros or otherwise. Well, they can find it on Twitter at Final Third Show. You know, we had a bit of a shorter episode this time, so go there for more content if, you, if you're missing out and you need a little bit more from our podcast at Final Third Show on Twitter. Yes, and go to FinalThirdShow.com for one-stop shop about all things Final Third Show. Tell your friend about the show. I'm sure they'd love to hear about the U.S. Women's National Team qualifying for the World Cup. Tell your dad about the show. I'm sure he'd love to hear about how Wayne Rooney is going to tear up DC United and potentially injure another player <laughs> in training. Uh, we'll see you guys this Thursday or Friday, whenever it comes out for a deep dive episode about a very special topic. And we'll see you guys same time, same place for next week's news and predictions episode. See ya. Bye for now. <laughs>